0: Hello there, podcast enthusiasts, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Tea and Tops. This is Graham from the team here, just dropping in to let you know that around about 10 minutes in, we did have a slight technical issue with the live stream, which is where the audio kind of cuts off mid-sentence, followed by a minute or two of mild panic, uh, then the conversation gets back on track again. Uh, I do hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, you can catch us live every Monday 9pm UK time on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Tea and Tops. Take care. And a very good evening everybody. It's just a couple of minutes past nine o'clock. It's Monday evening. A uh, very good evening to you. My name is Graham. Uh, and welcome along to tonight's episode of Tea and Tots. Uh, with me as always is Jason. Good evening Jason. How you doing Graham? Good to see you. Hope you had a nice Easter.
1: And obviously we were on the break with the kids. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun on my end. I don't know how your end going.
0: <laughs> well I'm pretty happy because Aberdeen is a bit of an, of an anomaly and the kids went back today. Uh so I was back to school run uh school run stuff this morning. So yeah, I get my my two or three hours of peace back, uh, in the mornings now while the, while both the kids are at school. So yeah, I'm going to enjoy that while you're still stuck with yours for another week. <laughs>
1: I, I, you know what, when we become wealthy from this, the kids are definitely being boarded at school, so it's not the same. Like, oh, yeah, same
0: yeah. I, I, funnily enough, when, when we went away for a couple of days, um, just over the Easter weekend, I found out there's a, there a boarding school very close to where we are. And like I was inquiring about prices. So I was like, oh, get these kids away. You can just do like weekday boarding. So drop them off on a Sunday, pick them up on a Friday night. Oh. Huh. Wow, that'd be ace. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it. Anyway, two for one deals, right? You yeah, know, you yeah. Said yeah, both yeah. That way. I'll just, I'll just put the wee one in the big one suitcase, and they can both go. It's like Harry uh, Potter. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope it is. Uh, so yeah we've got an interesting episode tonight a special guest back with us um or a a new guest with us i should say uh john Matthias has joined us a little bit later in the show uh john's obviously a big sandy padres uh fan and tony Gwynn collector so we'll be speaking to him in some detail about that uh but as always we'll start with a little bit of news um so for from new releases and things this week so tops tribute has come out um Uh, another one of the more premium tops products this week kind of in the 450 plus uh dollar range so kind of up there not a huge amount of cards in the in the in the box six packs of um three cards i think it is so 18 total cards for your 450 dollars and well people are doing the usual dance about pricing and oh my gosh it's so expensive and uh and the usual but comparative wise to uh, one of the, the recent ones that people were having a hard time with, with Inception. I mean, Inception was one box of eight cards for like $180. So this is kind of six times the amount of hits for two and a half times the money. Um, so the the, values, the value is kind of there if you're looking at it from that perspective. Um, I've watched I've watched a bit of it be open. I don't know if you've seen any, any of it being, uh, being opened or anything yet, Jason, but it is a cracking looking set. Um, it's a bit more veteran focused, I think it's safe to say. Uh, a lot of the autographs are from are from more veteran players, but you can hit some nice rookie cards in there as well um and it's a kind of a nice chase product but you you know a chase product at four hundred and eighty bucks I guess that's not that's not to really to everyone's flavor let me
1: check my wallet here <laughs> I, i'll stick the top Bunts right now uh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those free cards on toss uh so yeah i mean I, I, yeah i don't get me wrong I, I feel like a bit of an idiot try, like saying that oh yeah four hundred and 480 bucks this product delivers value but comparatively to some other releases uh, it does kind of deliver value it's just a shame you're having to go to 450 500 dollars to try and find value gosh it's just
1: the state of the hobby right now isn't
0: it it is yeah and of course big news last week or or trickled trickled down through the week as tops is obviously about to go public and become a publicly traded company um and you know that could have uh i mean it, it could be good and bad for for the hobby i suppose everyone's everyone has their own take on it um i think we might find that they might bring their products more in line with the market so if panini think they can get away with charging a $1000 for a box of of football cards maybe Tots will start thinking they can get away with charging a $1000 for a hobby box of baseball cards i don't know how that'll go for them i mean we've spoken before about um obviously you know baseball i think still has the largest collector base in in the u.s so they have the they have the numbers to make up for the fact that they don't have to charge a thousand bucks a box um but yeah it, it could go one of two ways i think that's happening it's happening this year i think it's i think they're trying to get it concluded by the end of q3 so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens but we're obviously seeing the first uh the first steps of that coming up next week which we will get to but um, yeah, it's
1: interesting. I didn't realize Top's CEO was Michael, Michael Eisner. He's the former
0: CEO from Disney. That's right. I wasn't aware of that either. Now, I, I don't know if he's in. I don't know if he's incumbent, or if he is being brought in as part of the merger. That I'm not sure of, right. um, because they're doing. Well, yeah, uh, so it was. can
1: looking...
0: saying that we're. For, oh, we might be on the way back. No, we're going back live on caster. <clears throat> cat is watching on youtube uh and we're frozen on youtube i know know that we froze on facebook but i think we might be back on facebook hello facebook uh i don't even know if twitch is up (laughs) i I probably should have checked that are
1: two thousand people on twitch that are watching we apologize now i I know you were looking forward to that hello germany uh, I know we are, up,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. We should talk about being Russia's number one podcast, but uh, we'll save that for, <laughs> we'll save that for, that for, That's for another show. Right, I, th- uh, I think we're back up and running. Uh, hello, live platforms. Um, somebody give us a wave uh, to let us know that we're back. I'm pretty yes. sure that we're back. Uh, it's saying that YouTube chat's connected up again. Um, okay, well, I can see it. Why I can see it on Facebook. So okay, uh, we're good. Yeah, we're let, back. Let's let's plod on. Let's let's pretend nothing happened and we'll just carry on. And I guess I was starting to ramble anyway about. About uh, the new release stuff and Tops going public and that. So we'll, we'll gloss over that because that's maybe good fodder for next week. Um, and yeah, we'll move on to Project 70. What's been happening in Project 70 land this week?
1: So it's plodding along. Uh We've had the newest, lowest print right now. So we now have that Jerry Manuel card by Don C, which is, I think it was like 1406. Was that there? Which of course it wasn't gonna be a very popular card but it was a homage to uh jerry lorenzo who is jerry manuel's son he is the guy that does the fear of god clothing line our brand uh there so they all i know them is they do very high end uh hats i think they were asking 150 or 200 quid for a hat so out of my budget I was but gonna say, you're, a,
0: you're a hat guy as well
1: yeah i saw that one time i think you know what they've had the same four hats on like new It started off at 250 quid. I think I'm like 80 quid now. They still haven't sold them. So, you know, it it has his logo in the shape of the logo, whatever baseball team it is. There, Um, yeah. I I, obviously with my stylish, uh, my my dress sense here, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm all about the brand names and everything. So, um, but yeah. So that was on. But the interesting thing is uh, the Dick Allen White Sox card was not was the second lowest none. And that was off the classic Sports Illustrated one where Dick Allen's juggling the balls by smoking a cigarette in the dugout. Well, obviously, there was no cigarette in that one, but still only had about 75 more than that. So i uh, try to see. I think Project 70 might be hitting the lows now. I think the interest, well, Easter weekend, and I think you're just kind of, people are going, yeah. I, I pick my artists I like. And, and it, I even, Alex Party, I think he's gonna have a low print
0: run here out because he's done the Kuna, he's done Trout.
1: Yeah, else do you, who seems who's, who's to be bigger than those guys?
0: So, we do have an Ernsty card coming up like the next couple of days, So So, that that I guess that could be the real, that could be a bit of a litmus test to see if the numbers get back up there. It has been a, like it has been a little bit rocky like the last few. I've been, a, uh, yeah, it's been a big bunch of meh uh, from wow. my side as well, but.
1: It's all been sub 2000s. You're trying to go up there. So I think we're going to see it kind of average around 2,500 these days. And I mean, we still have 900 cards to go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah. We we laugh laugh about this every week.
1: (laughs) So so hang in there. Like uh, a couple solid cards today, but nothing spectacular. Nothing that says I I must buy. Uh, So
0: it is what it is. It is. Yeah. We shall wait and see. We shall wait and see. So i guess the other uh what's rapidly becoming a a recurring segment for our our news portion um is the ever-changing and and rapidly evolving world of nfts um and we have a reason to talk about it again so tops i think maybe just today uh, earlier on today have announced that they're doing uh, on the 20th of april they're launching the tops 2021 tops series one nft collection and i did that from my brain i didn't even read it uh, i didn't read it out of anything um so yeah, they're dipping their toe in. Well they already have because they did the Godzilla versus King Kong NFTs and they've done some garbage pail kids NFTs, which I just found when I was setting up my account to get the baseball ones, hopefully. Um so yeah, here we go. Um they mentioned in their in their presser about going a public company, they were gonna be investing heavily in digital. Um we all assumed that meant NFTs. Um and yep, here we go. So uh this looks like It'll be the first of, no doubt, many. Um, uh, we were kind of joking just before we came on air that it feels a little bit cynical because the the NFT the NFT cards that you can that you can buy are going to be included in these these NFT packs um, are just digital versions of the series one cards which you can already collect on Tops Bunt. so it's just a slightly more tangible version of something you can get for free on Tops Bunt. Um, something that's non-tangible <laughs> something yeah so it's so it's fungible <laughs> it's not tangible yes. uh, oh my god uh, so yeah it's um um it's interesting it, 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 this this very much feels like this is them just dipping their toe in the water of it um i think they probably could have gone bigger than this i think they, they, you know they, they could just go full bore at it but if this is them just dipping their toe in to see how the baseball audience is going to react to it I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised because I think these things are just going to go.
1: I agree. I think what, there's seventy five thousand packs to go. They're going to sell. It's like there's no problem. Everyone everyone's got money to spend yeah. on these things out there. Uh, I think they'll be crap. I'll buy it because it's crap. But <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I, I the FOMO will be too hard for me to not say no to it. And but you know, if it's going to be, you're going to have to produce something like NBA Top Shot. And I think that's going to be where the money's going to be at, and you're going to find people buying moments, and that will be the big thing. So yeah, um, I think so.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting but, to see just how digital versions of a physical physical card will go. I mean, you can you can put an animated background and stuff on them as much as you want, but um, I think uh, yeah, the moments thing I think is what the real unique selling point of Top Shot is because it's not just a digital card. You 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 know, it's it's like an actual event within a game right. or. Or something like that and i think obviously with tots and the and the tops now um i uh, want to call it a franchise but the tops now range um that would seem tailor-made to evolve into an nft product um
1: buy the cat card oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah
0: stuff like that you know the cat running across the field or or some yep. some streaker running across the field or something I don't know. <laughs> um, you know you could you have then you own like the nft moment of that and that's kind of like a cool thing or yeah. you know like a comedy first pitch like 50 uh, like i think we joked before in the, in the episode about <laughs> nfts like if they yeah. did if they did an, an nft of 50 cents first pitch i'd be fucking i'd be all over that man that's yeah hilarious. that's true I, that know. would be something i would do yeah but
1: yeah. i think i, I still think they're dipping toes in and you're not going to see something to all-star break i think there's just they're too far behind to figure out the technology that yeah like, yeah here's here's nfts and yes the moments will come out at some point in time but well like i said i think all-star breaks probably good enough kind of the launch you can go look here's nfts from the all-star game
0: yeah it, it's it's the perfect event for it, not it because it's it's an event that's based on moments like you know monster home runs and you know you're more likely to get like you know hot dog defensive plays and all that kind of thing in the in the all-star game <laughs> than you are on you know uh a dreary monday night and it's Rockies at phillies or something i don't know <laughs> oh there's only one person that really wants to watch yeah. that <laughs> cool well we'll see like i said we'll see it's interesting i think that these ones that are going on april the 20th i think they're going to disappear even at 100 bucks for 45 cards and in inverted commas for those of you not on the video feed um yeah i i think it's a, it's it's an interesting price point because it's accessible enough because 100 bucks is cheaper than just about any box you can buy right now apart from opening day um or like I say, you can just go and grind all this stuff on the Bunt app for free. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good, that, it's good that they're doing it. Let's see how it goes.
1: Yes. I was just just trying to give John a heads up that we're going to bring him on. Yeah, we're in exactly, 10 yeah, minutes. But... Winding up, I know. Uh, <laughs> so yes, but we'll chat about this more in depth next time. I guess the next week's <laughs> just a, a news episode, so we'll know more about yeah, it. Definitely, um, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, especially
1: because it'll be the day before that things goes on. So I, I think tops would be all the high We're trying to, you know, have it on 420 day, but
0: geez, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, have special green variants. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's Um, I'll start clicking the buttons like a maniac. Uh, we'll get, uh, and we'll get John. In. Um,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll go a bit late for John. Yeah. No problems there. I, I like the idea of it. Like I would absolutely love to own a moment from like Kyle. C- shed long shed, shed long's home run. I'll I'm all about moment, Yeah. Shedlong's
0: moment. I, I would buy shedlong moment. So, oh, I'm going to do to a little bit of uh, screwing about, but don't worry about it. Just go. <laughs> I'll, yeah. So we're I'll all apologies about this, John. We,
1: we the streams went down, so we had a little bit of delay there. So, all oh, right. I was beginning uh, to wonder. Yeah. And that's why yeah, I, did, we, I did send a message saying like, we are alive. We're having you <laughs> on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, with, with a couple minutes of pure internet outage and just Jason and I panicking and and rambling and talking rubber, So that'll be fun to chop out when we make this into a podcast. But uh, so yeah, apologies for the slight delay, and thank you for staying away. <laughs> so yeah, John, it's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for for taking the time out uh, to to come and join us tonight. Um, obviously, we can see that. Uh, well, we can't quite see, but you you're wearing your Padres outfit tonight. Uh, outfit. I am. Your yeah, Padres jersey. Nineteen eighty
2: four, World Series uh, top. This isn't an original. It's a, it's a replica. So, but uh, yeah, I love it um and uh, you know obviously being white and everything um i've taken special care today not to sort of spill anything on myself
0: <laughs> did you did you avoid spaghetti bolognese for dinner on purpose did you
2: i literally only put it on minutes before joining <laughs> this program it's
1: because right. it came off the wall you had to take it down for the wall yeah, oh, that's right. I yeah. From
0: COVID.
2: yeah i had to take it out the safe <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, obviously I'm a, a massive Padres fan and, and um, as we mentioned in our, our little new section there, a big Tony Gwynn collector as well. So, uh, maybe you could uh, give us a little bit of a background as to, to how you got into Padres and, and more specifically what drove you to collecting Tony Gwynn. So, yes. So, well,
2: the Padres, I, it's because it's the first game I went to. Um, we were on a road trip. I was on a road trip with my wife, Kathy, uh, in California. We landed in San Francisco and drove all the way down the um, Highway 1 to um, San Diego. Thoroughly recommend that trip if anyone has the time and the, and the finances to do it. And uh, in San Diego, we were staying in a quite nice hotel and they had a ticket office in the, in the lobby of the hotel and they had uh, Padres tickets for sale and we'd never been to a baseball game but i quite like baseball i quite like watching baseball i used to stay up and watch the um the game on channel five um i don't know if you guys remember that um oh, yes they used to show like a midnight game on channel five and it was one of the things to stay up and watch and i'd done that quite a lot i used to work in a cinema so i had quite late nights so you know you'd come home you'd pick the baseball on on a, on a sunday night it's pretty cool so um This was a chance to go to a baseball game. We were going to see the Padres versus the Giants. It was the beginning of October. I think it was two games before the end of the season. The Padres had a chance for getting a wild card um, slot. And I decided that I would follow whoever won that night. And the Padres won. Um, It was quite an interesting game, actually, because Barry Bonds was playing for the Giants and the steroid scandal had just broken. And... um, yeah, he got quite a bit of abuse every time he came out into the outfield. It was There was some real vitriol thrown at him. Um, but even so, uh, the Giants lost, so I didn't support them. I decided I'd support the Padres, and I've supported them through thin and thin ever since. Um,
1: there's been some really rough years. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, most of the time people say the who um, when you say, you know, they say, oh, which <laughs> team do you support? And you go, oh, yeah, the, the Padres Now. that.
1: Yeah, I know. I, 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 there's, Tumbleweed. There's, I, I've been a, uh, not to jack your interview, but I've been a Padre fan since 82. So uh, my grandparents had uh, their, their winter house in New uh, Arizona, the Padres had spring training. So I used to get stuff from them every year before they moved on there. So, yes. So,
2: uh, right. Well, that's a good year to, to start watching the Padres, of course, because that was the year that Tony Gwynn made his debut um, for them in 1982. So if you saw him at spring, if you went to spring training, you might have seen him at spring training, which would mean you'd have seen him wearing shirt number 53 which is the picture that you see on the tops rookie card yes um he's not wearing number 19 and it, you you actually jason were the guy who pointed out to me why uh, as i'd been sort of struggling to work out why he was in the wrong number and uh, that it was actually a spring training 1982 picture um on that on that famous rookie card so uh, thanks for that jason. i really appreciate that that was great and put that on my blog you know as if I'd learned that myself I, I, I did I did credit you I did I did put a credit say you know Jason told me this you know uh
1: yeah I know uh, it was an interesting story for people who don't know it Bill Henderson is the jersey maestro uh who restores jerseys from all uh authentic ones there and somebody had actually had found that jersey and thought it might have been Tony Gwynn's spring training one and he had done the research behind that and did find out he had did lock out and known. 20 wins, 1982 spring training jersey and i happened to read that story very recently and then i think we started chatting i was like i've got something for you
2: <laughs> yeah it was really helpful that was the kind of thing i couldn't find any information about it really anywhere until you pointed me in the direction of that guy's um i think it's his instagram um where he talked about it and it was just one of those kinds of amazing things of like oh at last you know when you find a piece of it he's like yes i know what it is now i, I don't have to constantly look at this card and let it annoy me <laughs> which is handy because tops are reprinting it every year like multiple times so like the number of times i've seen that card and it's just like you know every time i was like why is he wearing 53 on the back it became a bit of a obsession of mine and uh, and thankfully i'm cured now i'm saying again so uh yeah so how did I get into collecting Tony Gwynn? Um, I kind of got into that a bit accidentally, really. I was collecting Padres cards and buying um, large lots of Padres cards. And, you know, unsurprisingly, Tony Gwynn cards popped up quite a lot in those lots. And then I don't think I, because I only went to see the Padres in 2004. So I'd never seen them during the, during Tony Gwynn's playing career. And then, um, and I, but I knew who he was and I knew he was big, a big deal. And, I knew, and you know, I knew he was sort of, historically very important to the franchise and then in 2014 he died and suddenly all my um, sort of social media baseball feeds um, were full of tributes to Tony Gwynn and I started reading some of them and it just really I really, really appreciated a lot more that he was this fantastic athlete and this fantastic player for the, for the Padres and so I on a whim I thought I wonder how many Tony Gwynn cards I've got and I had quite a few and I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I, um, and then I, I sort of got them all together and I, I put them, you know, in, in a binder and, and I started sort of buying more Tony Green cards. And then I had this idea of putting a blog together um, and the challenge to try and collect 394 cards because that's the important number when it comes to Tony Green. Mm-hmm. And I always had this idea, I'm going to do this. i had been reading a lot of card blogs and I thought that'd be quite a neat conceit for a blog, you know. And, um, and then lockdown happened and I thought, well, this is the time if, if I'm ever going to have a time where I have an excuse to sit inside and scan all my baseball cards and set up a blog, it will be locked down. And, um, so May the 9th last year, which would have been Tony's 60th birthday, I, I launched my blog and, uh, and that's kind of, and that's, it's a mushroom from there. <laughs> um, and I still had a target. I mean, I, I had 179 cards when I, when I started the blog. And I thought, I wonder how long it'll take me to get to 394 cards. You know.
1: How long did it take you to get 394?
2: Not very long, actually, because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd made I'd, I'd, I'd make contact with, um, I, I think you'll, you'll know Gawain, uh, who's in a lot of the Facebook groups. And, um, and I bought some tiny Green cards of him. And suddenly he sort of messaged me and said, oh, I've got a surprise for you. And he'd reached out to one of his contacts and said, could you pull every Tony Gwynn card you've got? And he literally sent me this whopping box of cards. And, um, and I went through them and picked out the ones that I didn't have and ended up with a stack, like, I don't know, this high and, and sent the ones back I didn't want as well, which was really kind of him. Um, so it was kind of like a sale or return job thing. And, um, and, yeah, and basically I, I busted that target not long after I started <laughs> blogging. So then I had the real fun thing of, well, now I'm, I'm just going to carry on posting these cards until I run out. And I think it was 255 daily blog posts later. I didn't have any cards left <laughs> the blog and I had a week off. It was kind of great. that. Um, but, you know, it wasn't long before new ones started sort of trickling in and, you know, every so often there's a burst as I sort of come across another little lot of them and, and everything. So, yeah. So that was, it didn't take me long at all. No.
1: So are you struggling now? Because again, you've gotten 400 plus cards there. And I know Tony Gwynn, you know, you used to have it there. You've got to find some really niche cards now and that must be the hard part.
2: Um, I'm still missing a couple of top space cards actually. Um, i'm still i'm still missing the card from uh 1996 and from 2001 which was his last season and the weird thing with especially the 2001 card, is that i've got um i've got like the opening day version and the chrome version and a re-released version but i don't have the actual you know bog standard base which i i think is kind of how this sort of thing goes it's sort of par for the course isn't it really so there are still a few easy ones. I mean, the thing is, we don't have that option where you can just very easily go to a card shop and flick through and pick up, you know, 25 cent cards or whatever. Um, you know, you have to sort of buy it, you know, you source them somehow. And actually, a lot of that stuff from the 90s it isn't that easy to source in this country. Um, so, so there's kind of... Every time somebody new comes in and says, oh, I'm thinking of selling off my 1990s um, card collection, um, I, I'm on there going, have you got any Tony Gwyn? And it's amazing, actually, you know, what tips up um, out of that. But um, but there are thousands still to go. Um, I, I've worked out, I think I've got 5% of
1: oh my gosh, that right?
2: i have ever been produced. So that's not bad, but you know,
1: could be could be more <laughs> I mean, it's a tough one i mean like i said that there, there's definitely some really odd ones like i have uh various cards from slurpees i have cards from like beef jerky chewing tobacco that were in there you know uh and like i said yeah obviously the base cards are the easy bit there but yeah uh, um i imagine when you start looking at all the variations that's gonna be hard plus now you see everything come out now the heritage ones are those considered still the cards you need or is it kind of sticking
2: to what he did in his playing career no i, I, I I've got quite a few cards that came out I mean, actually I've got well over th- I' got nearly forty cards that were issued in 2020 because obviously there's some project twenty twenty cards you know yes. he, he had twenty cards in that so um and actually if you it's quite interesting so on trading card database I'll tell you how many cards were released every year and it kind of it goes sort of up from 1982 goes up to sort of the mid 90s and then it comes back down. And then there's a little peak around about when he retired, and then randomly there's a little peak around about 2006. And then it kind of like just bottoms out. Would and then about,
1: 2006 we be Hall of Fame,
2: yeah. Um, but you know, but it doesn't really that didn't really well 2007 actually that was would be right. so, yeah, maybe around there But there wasn't there didn't seem to be that much released around about then because what was happening in sort of 2005, Don Russ got him to sign uh, a million cards and they bought you know, well not a million, I don't know how many <laughs> cards, but lots of different it probably cards. was like, a million. <laughs> probably was a million, yeah. It was it was, you know, Don Rus during that sort of just before it became a Panini zombie brand, you know. And um and the and, and they also cut up everything they could to stick into cards. So that's the when you could you could get bat relics and cap relics and shirt relics and pants relics and shoe relics and you know like there's you know so there's like Suddenly in 2005, there's this massive spike of Tony Green cards that are available. And then there weren't that many until about 2014, When obviously when he died. Then there was there was some stuff came out in 2015. And then the last couple of years, um, 2019, 2020, 2021, the, the number of cards that have been available has just shot up. I mean, I've got five already that were released in 2021. Um, and... I mean, you know, it's kind of weird when you think, well, he's actually been, you know, he passed away seven years ago. Um, he, he'd been retired. He's been retired 21 years. He'd been retired now longer than he actually played for because, you know, he played for 20 Major League Baseball seasons. But he's, I mean, it's its, it's just bizarre. But, you know, tops know that there are people like me who will buy these cards, so they, they keep producing them, really.
0: Yeah, it's, it's safe to say that he's definitely become... Uh... Uh, a very iconic figure I mean that the and like say his, his rookie cards become one of those kind of all time classic iconic baseball cards you know it could be uh, the, I remember when, when the the 52 mantle cards started creeping up in value um, and sort of started driving the, the T206 Honus Wagner and they're saying well that's you know this is the card from the from this next generation That this is the holy grail card and I mean, it's 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 difficult to argue to say that, that Gwyn's rookie might end up being that for people of kind of our age or in another kind of 15, 20 years time, just purely down to the volume that were produced and uh, modern methods of keeping the cards uh, protected and all that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's, it's, it's been interesting to see, like you say, how, is, how the, the card production numbers have increased over the last few years. And I think um, with it being such an iconic design and, and the way that design is, you know, these things are cyclical. Uh, and I think just the just the whole love for the eighties and the uh, and the Padres colourway as well, I think helped. And you know the you know the the big afro and you know all that kind of thing. It, it became this real like real kind of iconic look. So, uh, but yeah, like you say, it's it's very serendipitous because like, he's been out the game for so long, and obviously not been with us for a uh, twenty fourteen. That's that's quite that surprised me. It doesn't feel like that long ago that uh, that that happened. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, but very cool. It's 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 very cool. Like you say, five five only five percent uh, of uh, of all the cars, all, all the Tony Gwynn cars that's been produced. Yeah, you've picked a picked a difficult era to cover. You've gone through like the whole like the absolute guts of the junk era. <laughs> you've got to get yourself. Well, through. you see, you say,
2: you say the junk era, but if you're actually into baseball cards, you'll know this: that the '90s is is the pivotal era um, for for the baseball card hobby. In, I mean, this is my opinion, but you know. Um, At the beginning of the 90s, they were pieces of shoddy cardboard that came packed with gum. And by the end of the 90s, baseball cards were some of them were CD-ROMs and you know i actually have one of those uh, you know and i i got it to play i was amazed um <laughs> none of the none of the hyperlinks on there worked you know but it was quite cute because they had a little thing saying like oh access this extra information about tony grin but you have to turn your modem on first and <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god and, uh,
2: i mean you know it's like there's that sort of thing you know but <laughs> I mean, there was so much that happened in the '90s. So you know, you had you had borderless cards, you had um, relic cards came in, autograph cards came in. Um, Tops um, patented their chromatizing technology to produce chrome cards. You had foil stuff on there. You had the first parallels. You, you know, you, you, and and so much came in. Like I said, and you had this sort of like embrace of technology as well. And I I don't think. There has been a decade of change within the card world like that um, ever since. Um, I know that there's some changes going around at the moment with this idea of digital cards and NFTs and all the rest of it. But um, I don't know if that's going to actually change everything the way everything changed in the 90s. And, and on it, you look at cards from 1990, 1991, you look at cards from 1999. And they are completely different. And and in fact, there's you can do a very interesting. And I've done this on my blog. You can do a very interesting study if you look at cards from 1991 and cards from 1992, with the exception of Upper Deck, because Upper Deck caused this. Every other, and I'm probably the exception of Score to be honest. But with the exception of Upper Deck, every other card company, their cards change from 1991 to 1992, and it's it's the introduction of better card stock. Uh, a varnishing effect on the cards uh, and photos and colour on the back and and you see that and it's 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 tops donruss fleer it's all the same they all look the same way the way that they've looked for for a decade and then suddenly that season boom completely different
0: yeah everything and, changed so um, yeah.
2: Yeah, everything changed, mm-hmm. and you see very shortly after that, you see the first photoshopped cards. You see, the, you see cards where they quite clearly are mucking about. I mean, Fleer in nineteen ninety-five. If you've ever seen Fleer cards from nineteen ninety-five, I mean, that was somebody going, well, "Hey, we can play about with this on a computer," and no, <laughs> no, putting a hand on their shoulder and saying, "Mate, you've done enough there. You need to stop." You know, it was kind of like they just went crazy on it. And, yeah, and, and that's and that's the. The thing so people say junk wax, but actually, it, 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 there's a huge thing there. You and I, I mean, I don't think the 90s as a decade is the decade where change changed. Um, you know, it, it wasn't this incremental thing anymore, there were suddenly these massive stratos- stratospheric jumps in societal change. So, you had things like suddenly by the end of the 90s, we had the internet, and it's like that is that is something that has been transformative, um, as a thing. and And it's no wonder that baseball cards transformed as well. Hmm.
0: But Um, not
1: only that, you're forgetting, you could actually do digital editing since Photoshop. So like that there, that was the big thing there. So hence why you had the really random stuff uh, there. Plus there was a combination of that, of uh, sublimation uh, into jerseys. So when you saw the crazy jerseys in the 90s like that there, that was all due to technology change. And that's why you saw everyone like the purple uh, trial Raptors jersey, Barney, Barney the Raptor. And so, <laughs> that was all technology change, and that was because yeah. you could do that now. before, you literally had to have someone sew on the letters of That's your jersey. Right. Yeah, now it you go
0: impossible. Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, it was a huge change there. I mean, you're absolutely right. It '89 upper deck was the one that kicked it all off.
2: Yeah, I refer to it as the as the um, the upper deck asteroid um, that it sort of struck the card world, and then you know, as the as the dust settled, all the dinosaurs went extinct. Uh, it's 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 like the sort of there's this thing called the kt boundary in paleontology that i talk about on my blog and there's a very fine layer of of deposit all around the world and below that you find dinosaur fossils and above that you don't find dinosaur fossils and i see that that's the 91 92 boundary that's i call it the ud boundary uh the upper deck boundary because the asteroid had hit and it took a couple of years you find all the fossil cards behind that with the dodgy stuff card backs and the wax stains. <laughs> and, and then the other side of it, you find the, the, suddenly there's borderless cards and there's, there's photos on the back and there's, you know, they, they've made an effort with the card backs and that sort of thing. And they, there's a radical change in it. There's radical shift in, in what, how, what, what baseball cards look like. And, and it's all the fault of upper deck because they came in and were the, suddenly the premium card that everybody
1: wanted. Um, I say the fault. I mean, they, but they, yeah, they it. changed the industry. They, they were definitely they yeah. did that, and then '91, I think that's when Stadium Club, so that was the first high-end card from Tops yeah. came in that way, and everyone else started to follow suit. So, yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, I never bought any Stadium Club as a kid because it was like four dollars a pack. I'm cheap. <laughs> I <don't laughs> want to spend fifty cents on a pack of cards. <laughs> I don't want to spend four bucks. And again, this is my my whole argument with Graham is like, you know, if I'm spending twenty dollars on a pack of cards, I don't want DJ Made you.
0: <laughs> or shed long. Who does? I think shed long for 20. Oh, <laughs> you're going to have a string of people lining up to sell you shed long cards if you're paying 20 pounds. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we spent <coughs> excuse me. I spent the first 5 minutes of the show talking about the perceived value of a, of a four hundred and seventy dollar box of cards. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, times have uh, times have radically changed. Um, some would say for the better, some might say for the worse. Um, yeah, it was well, it's of, called
2: prospecting, isn't it? Uh, I mean, that's what it is now. It's not. Um, it's not collecting when you're buying really expensive boxes in the hope of getting that thousand dollar card. Yeah, you're just, uh, it's just chasing. That's, yeah, that's actually prospecting. Yeah, if, but what you've got to watch out for is. The, the people who made the money off the California Gold Rush, for example, were the people who sold the shovels and the picks. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't the people who went digging for gold. people who went digging for gold, yeah. Okay. You, you know, the people who are going to make the money here are the people who are... you know, It's, it's the grading companies, isn't it? You know? I mean, if you do a little bit of maths on how, much, how many cards are getting graded now and how much they're charging for it, I mean, there's some serious coin there. And they're the people... It's like there's the people selling the picks and shovels. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, so you know that, that that's what you got to look for is that it's not it's not the the prospect. It's one one in a hundred will get rich.
0: Yeah. Off a of four hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, if you if you believe in the stories coming out coming out from PSA, they've got somewhere approaching any, Well, I've heard stories varying between eight and ten million cards backlog that PSA, so just one grading company, are waiting to grade. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, and what's yeah. that, twenty bucks a time? Um. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. when they tripled their price to try and stop people sending cards in, and people kept sending cards in. um yeah. So yeah. you got ten million card, ten million cards at twenty bucks a
2: pop. I mean, yeah. How much do uh, those little uh, uh, cost? Yeah. My yeah.
1: question is, where are they keeping them? I mean, I have trouble storing five thousand cards. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Where do you keep nine million cards? You know. Again, <laughs> these, they're, are, they're these are stories. I,
0: I, I don't, I don't have an end to PSA. This is just what. uh so stories I mean, if, if, if that's it. if that's what people want,
2: if people want to go and stick their cards into a piece of plastic so they're never actually able to hold them between their fingertips again, then that's entirely on them. And like, you know, fair play. If someone's going to make money off that, someone's going to make money off that. But I do wonder where the appeal of that lies. Um, you know, that's just my personal thing. It's like, well, hey, I've got this great thing. I'm going to send it away and have it encased in amber forever. Okay. <laughs> Like, you know, that's that's wonderful that is yes yeah, so that's like sort of going out with you yeah. know the girl of your dreams and then coming home and deciding oh, I'm going to mummify her um, <laughs> 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 It strikes me as weird I mean you're a collector you, you're collecting these things you you know they're, they're, they're an intensely physical project the first thing you want to do is create your own little mini museum and put everything behind plastic That's not something that I that I particularly do I have I have my cards in binders and it does mean I can fish them out and move them around or admire the gum stains on the
0: back or whatever i i choose to do i think the burning question now john is how many mummified women do you have there (laughs) i have i have none i I don't have room with all my baseball cards and everything else exactly (laughs) oh i'm glad to see that's a a far more noble pursuit than mummified women that's for sure yeah Uh, so yeah so we've had some questions come in john Uh, i hope you don't mind um So uh, mostly aimed around the collection, obviously. So what would you say is your... um, So one question in three parts. Um, So what's your best one that you have at the moment? Um, Is there a Holy Grail card that you're chasing? And is there anything that you're focusing on uh, to pick up this season? Um, Oh, those are are really good questions. So
2: I have lots of cards that I really like, but they're not necessarily particularly valuable uh, in terms of monetary value, but they're cards that I really love so I could probably um, probably list them. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan, actually, of, of um, Tony's Top's rookie card, I have to say. Um, we were talking about that a minute ago. Um, because if you look at it, it's, the photo is centred entirely on his ass. Um, <laughs> the one thing I'd say about Topps as a company is they're incredibly consistent because they have produced so many cards with Tony Green over the years where you can't actually see his face <laughs> or the number or his name on the back of his shirt i don't know how they do it i don't they, they must have hired a photographer who was some kind of savant with photography who just was unable to capture any defining feature of the player he was taking a photo <laughs> um but yeah so i'm not a big fan of that but i do like his don rush um rookie card um that's 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 a nice card and i do like i do i quite like his Fleer rookie card as well so that's quite that's quite cool um But there are a couple of insert cards that have come out. There was one recently um, a couple of years ago in Alan and Ginter. They did a star sign series um, with, I mean, you've probably seen them. And I actually think that's a really beautiful card. I think it's a really nice piece of art. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that you would, you could easily have as a poster. I think it just looks really, really nice. Um, there was a, a Fleer Tradition card. They did a series of inserts called Grassroots, and there's just something about the way that they've there's something very aesthetically pleasing about that. The way the the way it's framed, um, it's got a lot of green on it, but um, <laughs> because obviously Grassroots. Yeah. And uh, but I, I it's a really nice card. It just looks it looks different, and it, it, it's really really quite nice. And actually, I think some of the I think the um, Tops All Star card. From 1985, um, I think that's an absolutely beautiful card. Uh, it's just a great picture of him. Uh, he's in a really, he's in the 1984 shirt. Um, he's looking directly at the camera. Uh, I think that's a that's a great great photo and a, and a great card. So that there's some, and they're not expensive. Mm. Uh, you know, in terms of my own holy uh, holy grail, I don't really have a holy grail, but I am. I suppose I really do need to get hold of an autograph card before they <sighs> rocket beyond all reasonable value. Yeah, you've, you've, pre- um, you've
0: preempted. Oh, you preempted another question from Glenn. Glenn was asking that question as well. So, do, um, I, do I have an autograph card? Do, no, yeah, I don't do you, get have do an... send me
2: one. That'd be great. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Glenn's very accommodating. I can't pay like you. I, I can't
2: pay you, but I I will love you forever. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah. So that's something that's that I've got the. Yeah, there's this idea of a trinity of your rookie relic auto, um, Mm. which is quite popular amongst a lot of bloggers. So I've got the rookie cards. I've got the relic cards. So I would like to get an auto at some point. Um, And then what am I chasing now? I I don't really know
1: to... See, I thought you were gonna say something really obscure, like the nineteen eighty two oh, Tony yes. win, uh Hawaiian Islander card that you can only. Like... Yeah, that
2: would that would be a Grail card, actually. Yeah. The, the TCMA cards for of him in his Islanders uniform. There was also some cards that Fleer released. Um, oh, when did they release them? I don't know, something like twenty thirteen, and it's pit photos of him in his basketball days. Yes. Um, yes. And those those are really cool cards, and they commemorate you know, his, his athleticism in another in another sport. Because a lot of people don't realise that about Tony Goon. They don't, they don't know that he went to college on a basketball scholarship. Um, Me, they don't know. Don't he, know still, that.
0: He, he, still holds,
2: he still holds records for San Diego State University Aztecs basketball team. He had the most assists in the season. And actually, the day he was drafted by the Padres, he was also drafted by the San Diego Clippers, as was. On the same day, you know, so not many sportsmen have been drafted by both Major League Baseball and the NBA on the same day. In fact, I don't know if any have, um, you know, so and that's kind of, I think, something about him that you just think, well, actually, it's quite cool that some people have put out some basketball cards. I do own an upper deck card of him in a basketball uniform, but I so don't he's... know. I don't know what basketball uniform it is. It's not it's not an Aztecs uniform. So if it is, it's not an Aztec uniform. I should ask you, Jason. You know where shirts come
1: from. I don't from. know that one. I, <laughs> honestly, what, I, is, I,
2: what is I, this uniform?
1: I collected from like, you know, 82 to like 92. And then I just got back into it because of Project 2020. So you're the expert in 3 the cars on there. Okay, I,
2: I have no idea what uniform this is. And I, I, I am I am wondering if it might be actually um, a school a uniform. Uh,
1: yeah, Send me a because photo. There, I'll look it up. And I'll, I'll there's there's
2: a... Um, there's a photo that, that was used by Panini a few years ago, uh, kind of like um, sort of college style card type thing. But he's got Polly written across it. And because that was, he went to Long oh, Beach Jack, yeah. High School. So, so it's a high school photo. or well, I presume it's a high school photo. Or it's a photo of him in his high school jumper. Um, so this basketball uniform might be a, might be a high school uniform.
0: I'm like, not entirely sure. See so yeah, it's pre-photoshop days you see they didn't, they didn't photoshop that clipper's jersey on him or anything yeah exactly i mean i'm surprised nobody's done
2: that actually uh, like a kind of missed opportunities sort of thing yeah um, what would he have looked like as a clipper um
1: yeah he went to long beach polytech high school that's where he is
0: that's right yeah oh, look, look at you with the google Right yeah, on. exactly. No, no, that was the Briggs. <laughs> yeah, for, for those yeah. listening on Spotify, Jason was face down, either staring at his crotch or Googling on his phone. I'm going with Googling on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's hope it was Googling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I freaking um, hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, there's a great story about Tony Gwynn, and there was a recruit coming to play baseball, uh, and and Tony Gwynn happened to walk by. He's like, Oh my gosh, Tony Gwynn, he plays baseball with like, yeah, you. I'm, I'm signing up to play. And the coach's like, Who? Tony, who? He's like, mm-hmm. No, no, Tony, and then the, yeah. literally the baseball coach like ran in the hall and said, "Are you interested in playing baseball?" He's like, "Well, I'm here on a basketball scholarship," and, but yeah, you're more than welcome you know, when the season's yeah. over. So, um, hence why he, he only went the third round of the draft because no one knew about him because he only played 10, 15 games in the season. That's the, um,
2: the yeah, well, the he wasn't allowed to play the first year he was in college. The basketball coach said no. Um, you're here on a basketball scholarship. I'm not letting you go off and play baseball. So he didn't actually play. But yeah, it was uh, Bobby Meacham, I think, um, who did yep. who did make the majors. He 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 played uh, high school baseball against Tony Gwynn, and he, he it was him who said to the the baseball coach, "Why isn't he on your team?" Um, uh, when he went to San Diego State, and um, and yeah, I mean it's kind of kind of weird, really. But if um who knows, if Bobby Meacham hadn't said, you have to play, he's the best guy I've ever played against. You've given me a scholarship to come play baseball here and he is the best the best guy I've ever played against. Um, you, d- you do wonder um, what would have happened, really. I guess he would have played for the Clippers. <laughs> the interesting thing about that with, with the, the basketball thing is he was only five foot nine. And I always think of basketball players like really, I mean, I'm five foot almost eight, right? So he <laughs> only, only an inch taller than me. I'm thinking... That can't be right. He can't have been you know, a basketball player being just an inch taller than me. But of course, he, he was an athlete and I'm not. So, um, you know, he could jump. And, you know,
1: you got to go with the flat preference, you know, five foot nine, six foot ten with afro. Gotta kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah,
2: with the hair. They, that's possibly what they thought. They thought he was taller than he actually was because he had the proper sort of like different There's no way I could grow an afro and pretend to be a baseball, uh, basketball player. Yeah.
1: A uh, different area, uh, we could do that because you had Spud Webb who was five foot six, you had mugsy Bose who was five three. Um, uh, yeah, I so, suppose I mean, so. You could get away with that there. I mean,
2: he did opt for baseball because he thought he would
1: have a longer career in baseball, which was probably true. Um, he or he just like, didn't like Donald Sterling on the Clippers,
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he did. He he liked, he loved he loved basketball. In fact, uh, I mean, this is another weird fact about Tony Gwynn. But um, mm. his wife um, Alicia had a recording studio in Indianapolis, and so in the winters, the family used to go to all the way from California to Indiana to, you know to uh, and they they used to spend the winter in Indianapolis, and he used to go and watch the Pacers play. Um, and he had a season ticket at the, play, at the Pacers. And um, I think some, some of the people who commented on it. I've, I've read an interesting thing with one of the guys who was involved in the Pacers organization because he actually got behind the, um, you know, the, the, they were rooting to try and get a, a, a women's NBA team in, in Indianapolis. And they, were, they had to sell a certain number of season tickets beforehand. So the season that Tony Gwynn hit 3, 000, his 3,000th hit they were coming up to selling their 3,000th season ticket, like beforehand. So they got him to go and do be the person who bought the 3,000th season ticket for the WNBA franchise as they were hoping to get. And apparently, and they did this big thing at an Indiana Pacers game. And then he went and sat down in his usual seats. And the people around him said, we didn't know you played baseball. <laughs> we didn't know, we <laughs> didn't know who you were. Because <laughs> uh, it's not a baseball town. So, like, you know, you, you used to go and watch basketball. You used to talk, and he you, you just used to talk about basketball. So they were like, oh, this guy knows his basketball. Oh, he's into basketball. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're like, so you, you play baseball? Okay. That's, yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's just great. You know, like, he was just an, an anonymous fan. Um, and I don't know much about basketball, but I've never really heard much about the Indiana Pacers, so I don't think they were...
1: Like, I don't, he wasn't a glory hunter, was he? So, um, you know what? They had some good time teams in the 90s. Uh, they, they were yeah. very, very much a, a rough and tumble team. And, uh, they had one of my favorite baseball one of my favorite basketball players on the team was Reggie Miller. So, I've uh, said, so well, softball, yeah, I, I mean, there is
2: that. And I think, I think he was, I think he did sort of, I think him and uh, he did sort of have conversations with Reggie Miller occasionally. I don't really know too much about that, but the, you know, the only stuff I've I've read is is reminiscences of people saying like, yeah, no one in the crowd knew who he was. <laughs> 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 which must be lovely. I mean, like you go to somewhere, from somewhere like San Diego, where everybody knew who he was. Um, I could see why he would want to go somewhere where, you know, actually he could sort of just go and watch basketball, which he loved to watch. You know, that's that's kind of a really lovely thing about him, I think.
1: He's a nice person and all. Like I said, always had a smile on his face, always happy um yeah you can't say enough i've never heard anyone say anything bad about tony gwynn
0: so it's a way to say the same thing it's it's not a guy you often hear stories of you know like you you don't often hear never meet your hero stories about tony It's like yeah pretty much everyone has has something kind of lovely to say about him which which is also kind of nice i i think we've mentioned this before it's like it's nice when these people you look up to they're not dicks you know uh so yeah it's kind of nice he did have a feud with somebody in the Padres organization
2: in the, in the early nineties. and um, there was some, there's, it's never been proven exactly who did this, but someone hung an effigy of him in the dugout. Um, All right, okay. and, uh, they accused him of one, uh, he was accused of caring more about his batting average than the, yes, how remembers. the team was doing. Yes. Um, it's never. I'm not going to say who who was who's generally thought to have been the person. It was blamed on a bat boy, um, but it seems <laughs> unlikely. Almost
0: certainly was not a bat boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> almost certainly was not. I mean, yeah. you can
0: Google it if you want to find out.
2: Yeah, and he almost left. He almost left the Padres after that. Um, and i thought quite a lot about that, thinking, "Blimey! Imagine if he had. Imagine if he had gone to another team. Imagine if he'd gone to someone like the Dodgers or somebody." Um, you know, and achieved what he achieved with the Padres in another team. I mean, he, you know, if he'd gone to, if he'd ever left and gone to one of the to another team that was perhaps a bit more successful, you know, maybe he would have had a World Series uh, ring. Maybe he would have been MVP. Um, and then, you know, if you think about it another way, you think what would have happened to the Padres um, without Tony Gwynn? Because um, you know, he won those batting titles from '93 to '97 the Padres got to the World Series in 98. It was a big, um, you know, big thing in the city for them. And it kind of cemented San Diego, you know, the Padres as a San Diego franchise. If you look at what's happened to San Diego over the years, they've lost They've lost the other big franchises. The Clippers have gone, the Chargers have gone. Um, but the Padres are there and there's, they're right in the They've got a the new ballpark right in the centre of the city. And, and it's very much, you know, well, you know, the, they're, they're the San Diego team you know there's, there's no real question now that they possibly move, but you do wonder I think a lot of that was built by Tony Gwynn in the 90s and the team that was built around him or team that was built alongside him um particularly with that World Series in 1998 so, so there's something in that of you know that would be that was quite a pivotal moment that feud in the early 90s and if he'd been the one who left the club I, I don't really know what would have happened. Mm. Um,
1: the Padres it it I'm sitting there racking my brain. I'll look at it later on at that way. So
2: I, if you, off air we'll talk about
1: yeah. it I'll tell yeah, you Yeah, no, but yeah, no, I'm trying to remember that because again, like growing up in Seattle, like the mariners sucked. So I was a McGuire and Oakland fan. <laughs> And it did. I mean, come on, <laughs> they suck, anyways. But you know, they really suck back in
0: the '80s. I was gonna say, I'm laughing. I'm laughing just because the way you phrased it, because they still suck, man. I <laughs> know oh, I live on in the '90s, '95 you
1: know, <laughs> to 2001 it's my my jam. Uh, Nothing happens since. Listen, then. I can, listen I can't buy on that?
0: <laughs> the Yankees have not had the best start to this year, so I'm going to keep my damn mouth shut. um but it was one of those things. So as
1: I emerged, as I became a better, better ball player, and I knew I was never gonna hit 50 home runs like McGuire can or Bonds, because I'm just not that kind of guy. Tony Gwynn became my player, and of course I already had a, being a Padre fan from 82, 83 when my grandparents were bringing my stuff. It was like okay, so this is easy transition. So you know, and then you really realized what a master of hitting he was, and you know um, he has. The, the six screens of pain, where he played the whole season on one bat. can you imagine <laughs> that these days. <laughs> guys break bats swinging too hard these days. They played a whole season on one bat. So, some guys break their shoulders swinging so hot, too Ex- hard too. Exactly. Days. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, 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 we won't mention any shortstops that play for the Padres. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you, mentioned,
2: you mentioned the one who's in tonight. I mean Kim. He seems a, he seems the real deal. I think he's he's going to come good for them. But uh, yeah, the one the one who's not in tonight. I mean, what's that about? You swing, <laughs> you swing.
0: We had, we Just to keep had, own keep
2: shoulder, up. I'd be like, "Oh my god, you know that?" Five days into into like some mammoth, what fourteen year deal or something? Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, we also, Brilliant. we also had a, a Tatis
0: related question. Um, uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, do you think he's a real deal or is it a false hype?
2: I don't think it's false hype. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's got fantastic potential. I think he's got fantastic hair. I envy him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I i. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's going to win eight batting titles. I don't think he, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see him go with the Padres to two world series and maybe come back with a ring, but I don't know if he's going to have a statue outside Petco park. But mm. um, precisely the reason that Jason was saying, like, Tony Gwynn was a superb hitter of the ball and people don't realize that his lifetime average was 0.338. And so that means that one in every three occasions he was out at bat, he got a hit. Like, you know, Every game, that's on average, like once or twice every game, you would get a hit. You were more likely to see Tony hit um, three times in a match than you were to see him strike out. And you can't say that about Tatis. I mean, he, he you know, because he's a he's a different type of hitter. He swings, he, he's, he's aiming for home runs. And, and that's all very exciting. I mean, you know, Slam Diego last year, I mean, that was great. I was loving that. I bought the T-shirt. Uh, Laura Brain did the T-shirt. Which oh, yeah. yeah. that. Um, you know, I, I've got the T-shirt and I mean, yeah, that was fantastic. That was the most exciting time to be a part. Of. That week when they were Slam Diego was the most exciting <laughs> time. Part that <laughs> that <Yeah>. one week. <laughs> I think, but you know what? Um, we got to the end of the season and we lost, oh, well, you know, I think we, they got to the end of the season and they lost, you know, uh, in the entire, yeah, you know, they got swept in a series to the Dodgers in the championship season. And at the end of the year, we didn't have a world series. So like, well, you know what? I mean, the interesting thing about Tony as a batter is I think he, he was about five years. Well, I mean, he's probably about 10 years too early because if he'd been at his peak when Moneyball came in, in about 2001, which was a season 2002, 2001, I'm not exactly sure. But if he'd been at his peak when Moneyball came in, he would have been the most in-demand player in the league because he could get on base. Um, you know, and he did, one in every three at-bats. So I, I, I don't know. Is Tatis the real deal? He's a different player. Um, if he can learn to swing without dislocating his shoulder, um, if he can have a 14 year career with the Padres, I mean, I'd love that. Will he go for 20 years with the Padres? Possibly. He's still quite young now. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he'll ever get eight batting titles. I don't, I don't, I mean,
1: I don't think anyone ever does eight batting titles again. This yeah, is no,
2: Well, no. I mean, I don't know if you'll. I don't think you'll get three thousand hits for the Padres. I don't think you'll finish with a career batting average of 0.338. I don't think you'll be in the top twenty all time batters. Uh, the only batter um, to have played since nineteen sixty to be in the top twenty. Um, I don't think he um, will be immortalized in a nine foot bronze statue at So Petco Park. I, I just, I just don't see it. Um, but. I, I think he's a, I think he's a great player, and I, I, I was kind of gutted that seeing him crumple to the floor because he'd swung too wildly at a pitch. <laughs> so the interesting question there is, would he do what Tony Gwynn did? So Tony Gwynn, people don't realise this, but Tony Gwynn's batting average for the lat, the last ten years of his last ten seasons of his career was better than the batting average the first ten seasons of his career. He actually his his average career batting average went up in the last 10 years of his career, which is very unusual. And that's because in about 1992, I think he was, he met Ted Williams. And Ted Williams basically took the mick out of his bat, said, you know, that's, that's a pick. And so he, he changed the bat he used. Um, he used it, started using a bigger bat. And a couple of years later, so he won four batting titles in the 80s, and then he won four batting titles in a row in the 90s after he'd taken this advice and he changed his batting. He changed his bat, he changed his batting style. So I guess the question is: Given that Tatis seems to be injuring himself with his swinging style, is he? Would he take a leaf out of Tony Grins' book and actually go and talk to someone who knows what they know about hitting and say, "What do I need to do to to be better at this?" He's very, very good, but could, how can he become exceptional? Hmm. Um, and if he does that, yeah, he'll be the real deal. He, he might, he might, he might be.
0: I don't know another
2: Mr. Padre, but.
0: I, it, 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 it raises very philosophical questions about where the game of baseball is at the moment and the the apparent fascination with uh, launch angle and exit velocity and, and all this kind of stuff. And like you say, a player like Tony Gwynn and guys like that, whose sole objective it was to get on base. So like you say, the Moneyball thing from uh, barely 20 years ago, it seems to have been replaced by every position needs to be a power hitter. You know, because you know, yeah. even in the in the short time short time that I've been watching baseball, so since the kind of very late nineties, the early two thousands, you know, it, it, just just seeing how the games morphed over that time Um, to suddenly every position needs to be it, it needs to have a power hitter at it because you know short, short stops were it was never considered a power hitting position even when we first started playing fantasy baseball in like the very early two thousands you weren't drafting you weren't drafting guys for shortstop who are who thought well this guy could this guy could hit thirty and steal thirty? You know we were like oh yeah Omar Vizquel I'll take him he he, he bats like two eighty that's pretty good for a shortstop. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: uh, yeah so it's, it's I mean it's, it's very I difficult you to could... compare like you're only yeah. really comparing apples for apples if you're if you're trying to compare right. Tatis to to Gwyn I, I I don't think it's not it's not a, a frightfully fair comparison but as you far as being appreciate. a franchise player for the Padres goes I think he's he's got that potential.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the thing, the thing is that Gwyn went through that himself. It was a very, it was an interesting thing because if you look at baseball cards from the late '90s, they start talking about the number of home runs home runs that Tony hit, and he didn't never hit very many. Mm. Um, I mean, that is something. Tatis will probably end up even if he only plays half the seasons that Tony Gwynn did, he would probably end up hitting more home runs than Tony Gwynn ever did yeah. because. Tony Gwynn never hit many home runs. Um, he he hit an awful lot of singles. I mean, you know, three quarters of the the hits he made were singles, something like that. You know, it was like uh, he w- he was good at getting on base. He would sort of get it in the infield. He was never a power hitter, but he was in that era of power hitters like. Um, like Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire—you yeah, mentioned him earlier, Jason. You know, he—he he was in that era of power hitters when when people were chasing the the season records, and every year it seemed like a new, the season record was going. When people were chasing the all-time records, you know, and um, you know, he—he lived—he—he he was batting through that. And I think that's one thing that people sort of forget about Tony Green is he wasn't the centre of attention even when he was winning batting titles because or so, shortly after he'd won batting titles, he wasn't centre of attention because everybody was interested in the big home run sort of uh, competition. And I think we've got a bit of that now at the moment. I mean, the, the Slam Diego thing, um, I think it means that some of the other players aren't on on the radar. But I, I really like the look of Jake Cronenworth, actually. I think he's I think he's got a lot of potential as a player. Yeah, um, you, can see his,
0: you can see his stock starting to rise already.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he is still young. He's still learning, but he, he is... He is, um, I think the big blessing for him is he's, is he's got to Tatis um, to take all the hype away. <laughs> Otherwise, I think, you know, there'd be a lot of pressure being placed on him. And, um, and of course, the, the thing that the Padres have, haven't had for 15 years is an absolutely, well, yeah, 15 years, is an absolutely standout um, pitcher. Um, and uh, you know, I think the the big story for the Padres this season has been their first ever no hitter in franchise history. And mm. I don't know. I, I I I mean, it's a bit early to tell. But Joe Musgrove, he came from San Diego. <laughs> he 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 grew up pitching in 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 high school in San Diego. He nobody really. I mean, he was kind of signed as a kind of like you know, why have they signed him? Kind of thing. I think they felt, oh, we need another arm. You know. We've got our big names, but we need another arm. And then he comes in and pitches a no-hitter. I mean, that kid's never going to buy a drink in San Diego again. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just a lovely story. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, who knows where that might go. But what a way to start out your San Diego career to pitch a no-hitter. And uh, I, I'd quite like to see – San Diego last year was great. I'd love to see San Diego this year, yeah, um, okay, oh, that's very I, good. I like that. That's I, very I, good. I, I, you should write. Like, you should I, 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 that one. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, 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 finished, yeah that was quick. Sometimes like oh, oh, that. <laughs> I think, think, think that's <laughs> good. I'm good, I'm good that. um, but you know, I'd love to see that this year. Yeah, let's be San Diego. No, let's there's I mean, there was a shutout um last night. You know, um Adrian Morion <laughs> poor poor Adrian Mariano. He he sort of had to leave in the first innings because he was hurt, and then the the bullpen came in, and it was a you know a shutout last night, and. I don't care if, if they only win 1-0 or 2-0 every night. I mean, it, the nil is, is something that San Diego have really struggled with. So, um, you know, I, I take it. Um, I, it's, it. It's sort of, uh, it's a, a win is a win. And mm. you don't have to have that kind of grand slam every game. <laughs> wow. Lo- lovely lovely wow. though that is. You lovely should, though that is. I, mean, I wouldn't say no the, to it, but yeah. it's just
0: not going to happen. You should, yeah. you should try hanging out in Yankee forums with that attitude, don't you? Oh, <laughs> you really? won't get far. Jesus, <laughs> they're a savage bunch. Uh, well,
2: I mean, what can I say? You know, San Diego, it is, um, it is America's sort of greatest city. Uh, they wouldn't be allowed to say that if it wasn't true. Um, it's, it's a very friendly place. They have 300 days of sunshine a year. I live in Wales, so I hate them all.
0: So um, you get 65 they, days of sunshine a year. You get the other yeah, I get the other 65. Yeah, that's it. They just
2: don't know. They just don't know how lucky they are to get 300 days of sunshine a year. Um, but, it, you know, it's a friendly place. And I think people are just, they just like to see exciting baseball and they just like to see their team win. And that doesn't happen that often. Um, I think when you, when you support a more successful franchise and you're used to bringing home World Series trophies and having big marquee mm-hmm. players and, you know, breaking the bank every season and whatever else, uh, I can see why the demand of the, the expectation perhaps would be higher. I, I could see that. Um but there's yeah. something about California Beach sort of mentality of, you know, hey sure. let's just have some fun
1: Graham and I have a mutual friend from San Diego it's Marty, in case you were wondering which friend I was referring to, to uh, oh, yeah I was <laughs> <laughs> and uh we,
2: jason was, has a friend from san diego yeah i
1: do yes <laughs> yeah. no I, graham, graham we have a lot of stories about marty's yeah, we do. Yeah, baseball. I,
0: I, I would never remember he was from San Diego. i think in the back of my head i did know that but i would never but as soon as you said it i was like shit who's he talking about <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for clarifying <laughs>
1: yes and, and, and our friend marty has said the thing about san diego is if you put a winner on there they'll support it but the fact that you have 300 days a year of sun means I'm going to go surfing. I'm going to go to the beaches. I'm going to do that. So I'm not fussed by baseball. So unless they're winning, San Diego doesn't care.
2: Yeah, yeah it's one of those things. Um, it's, it's quite, it's, it is an observ- observed fact that actually the reason nobody goes to watch sports in San Diego is because they're all off playing sports. And, um, and in fact, it's something that Ted Williams, I mean, he, he grew up in San Diego and it's something he said um, that, you know, the, someone said to him, well, why are you so good? He said, because I can play baseball every single day um so there is something about the south or sort of, so the socal um you know climate that actually is, is really good for that kind of athlete and um, and i mean you know, it extends to los angeles as well you know there's some good weather up there you know a bit of smog as well but you know <laughs> you just gotta um,
1: leave her in the seventh inning so you can get home on time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and you know also take a can of oxygen um but yeah I, it's it's one of those um it's one of those things. I think that actually, it is a, it is a problem for the franchise that you know, if you're not winning, the the crowds don't necessarily turn out. Whereas, and and it's not somewhere like a lot of people have heard of the Yankees, for example, Graham, and would and perhaps support the Yankees overseas. And a, a lot of people go to New York on on holiday. Um, and although San Diego is a pro- popular tourist destination, and rightly so because it's a lovely place. Um, you know it's it's not somewhere that people flock to visit and certainly not flock to go to a ball game i mean there is something about yankee stadium i'd uh, i've not actually been to yankee stadium but i would love to go to a ball game there um if only because i'm a big fan of Seinfeld and uh, i'd like to see Yeah, you know i'd like i i love the the scenes where george costanza is working for the yankees uh, which is some of the funniest baseball related tv have i i know so uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's sort of like a thing of, I, I don't think I'd be able to go there without trying to do my Mr. Steinbrenner impression. Um, who isn't Mr. Steinbrenner, obviously. It's <laughs> yes. Larry David pretending to be Mr. Steinbrenner, but apparently everybody who knew George Steinbrenner said, how did you take him off so well? Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, that, that, that's on there. But, you know, I, I think there is that thing, of like, well, I, like I said at the start, people say who, and, you know, they've never heard of the Padres, they've, they've never heard of they heard of San Diego, but they, they, they're, they're not even aware of them as a team. So um you, you do find that the UK Padres fans you, you meet tend to be quite obsessed about them. Mm. And all the new
1: team. fans that have joined in there. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. I like, I, I, I like the Padres. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, for yeah,
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's like really, yes. Where were yes. you when we had like five – um bottom finishes in the national league west which is the worst <laughs> the worst division in baseball and we were the worst of the worst where, where were you um but i
1: can't be too bitter about it because i have to be honest i wasn't really paying much attention to the <laughs> really it just bad. meant you got more sleep at night because you yeah. were watching the games at three o'clock in the morning so that's
2: true and the great thing about when we were crap is that baseball cards were really cheap and uh, you know, people be on the Facebook groups going, "Oh, I got the Padres in a break. I don't want these cards. Does anyone want them?" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, me, thanks." And then sort of Fernando Tatis came along, and suddenly it's like, "Can't get hold of these cards." Like you know, like, people don't, people aren't throwing them away anymore.
0: You know, people think, "Hey, who'd like to buy this card?" It's like, "Oh wow, well, okay, yeah." You know, you <laughs> find that I find that happening with every team now, though. You're, I'm afraid that it's not mutually exclusive to your Padres, but. Well, um, no,
2: no, but its it has been noticed for the last couple of years that suddenly there's a lot more demand for baseball cards featuring the Padres. Yeah, that's um, true. That's certainly true, yeah. Than, than previously. Um, but like I said, they were, they were quite the, the easy pickup. You just wait for all the people who are disappointed with their breaks to try and Move on the product, and you go. Yeah,
1: I'll buy. I'll buy the Padres cards. Actually,
2: oh, you told quid? me yeah, nobody three. wanted the
1: Justin Upton cards, the B.J. Upton cards, and the Padres. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, who else? Oh, Matt so Kemp. It was the, both Upton's and Kemp in the outfield.
2: Yeah, I liked Matt Kemp.
1: Actually.
2: I didn't mind Matt Kemp. Um, he was quite a good. Yeah, he was, Matt Kemp was actually, you know, pretty good for the Padres in in, in a in a very mediocre. But like I said at the top, you know, yeah, I've supported the Padres issue thin and thin. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) It's sort of, I mean, I was absolutely gutted when they sold Jake. Well, when they transferred Jake Peavy, um, they traded Jake Peavy. Uh, That was, that was a terrible trade. (laughs) Um, And you know, there's been one or two, reasonable players come through since then, but. In the in the mid in the mid nineties, when they were pushing, they were they did win out a couple of divisional titles, and they were getting into the postseason. That was that was actually quite sort of exciting, but um, it's never been yeah until recently. It's just. Yeah, not,
1: exactly. He, you get Trevor Hoffman and Jake Peavy all, all their hat on, yeah. and, that, and yeah. that was it. And, and I mean, this is how bad the Padres were. So,
2: like, Trevor Hoffman had set the record for the number of saves, and he wanted to play an extra year, and they wouldn't give him an extra year, commi- uh, you know, um, an extra year contract. And he went off, uh, and he signed for somebody else for a, a couple of years. And it's like, why are you letting this man who is going to be one of the few people wearing a Padres hat in the Hall of Fame? Why are you letting him go off and um, play for somebody else? You know, it's crazy to
1: see him. But then, if you look at the Padres Hall of Fame and they the little walk in the outfield, half the guys only played a few seasons for San Diego. Yeah. You know, it's Randy Johnson, Dave Winfield, who played for the Padres for a couple of years. Ozzy yeah, Smith yeah. is out there, but then it's yeah. Tony Gwynn, then like Ken Caminiti's out there. Um, yeah. Gaylord Perry, because he played like one season of the Padres. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a really sad Hall of Fame because that's the same for the Mariners too. <laughs> I mean, so.
2: the the funny thing is with the Hall of Fame is it's got Ted Williams in because he came from San Diego. He never played for him. I yes. mean, you know, he um, you, you know played for the Red Sox, and um, <laughs> it's like
1: okay, but they yes. last on anything. So uh, obviously, number I think gosh, number six is retired for the Padres. It was Steve Garvey who played for the Padres for two years but helped him get to the World Series in 84 and the wife yeah, and the owner yeah. liked that. So, you know. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's one of those things. Um, you know, when, when you have so little, when you've had only had two World Series appearances in your in your history, um, anyone who's appeared in one of those World Series is kind of a legend. Um, and obviously, they're one or two people who uh, they've kind of become more legendary as, t- as time has gone on. But the only person who appeared in both those World Series was was Tony Gwynn. Um, and, um, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's just sort of those in status, which is why, you know, I, I think, I think he could be eclipsed as the greatest ever Padre if somebody was going to do 20 years and set all kinds of new records and, they, and beat his records and bring home a World Series ring. I can't see this season's Padres doing that um, because they have to beat the Dodgers to get to the World Series. <laughs> and uh, but The Dodgers are just a very, very good baseball team. You never
1: know. I mean, look at the Nationals, they got hot at the right time. That's all it takes. Yeah, I guess so. And we
2: could kinda of hope something gets horribly wrong, couldn't we, for Los Angeles? <laughs> 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 oh, it's terrible. I mean there, there was some there's been some sort of thing around um, Bauer, isn't there and
0: you know. Oh yeah, borrow a borrowing a your sticky balls. Mm, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got well, last question here before we wrap it up. Okay. You've got a thousand quid. What are you buying? Are you buying one card or are you buying a bunch of cards?
2: Uh, you know what? I if I had a thousand quid, I would probably um, I'd probably go on a trip to San Diego, actually, and um, oh, I like I this. my exotic. Um, you know, being being a fan from Wales, I would go. I'd start speaking Welsh to everybody. Right. Um, you know, and uh, I'd I'd um, I I'd put the accent on, obviously, <laughs> then. and uh, you know, pretend to be, and just hope that you know, I got given loads of sort of um free stuff uh, uh, and uh, free cards so just basically uh, do what i do at the moment which is try and beg borrow and steal as many um, free tony green cards from my collections as i can um and hope that people are feeling generous i think that's what i do um or i don't know yeah i'd probably pull the trigger on an autograph card and go for a really really nice one yeah. and um yeah, I, I, it would probably cost a thousand pounds because I'd have to use eBay's global shipping service. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: minimum twenty pound for anything, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like you
2: know, like oh, you here you go. You have to sign over your firstborn at the uh, you know well, on delivery. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah,
0: I want that card. Yeah, um... that's funny. We're planning, we're planning, uh, uh, pla- planning an episode about international logistics, and yeah, that'll be on the list, funnily enough. But coming yeah. soon in a future episode. <laughs> I mean, I, I work it out
2: because if you buy a lot of cards, if you buy a, a, a lot, not a lot of cards I as in mean lots of cards, but if you buy like a, a job lot of cards
0: yeah.
2: and, you know, I factor in kind of like if I'm buying, I don't know, 50, 40 card, 30 cards or 40 cards and, and I need most of them, um, it's X amount postage and the global shipping thing. And I just, I just put it all in and I still work out, I add it all up and I work out what the average cost of the card is. And if it's, if it's less than $2 and they're really nice cards, I think, well, that's worth doing and if it's if it's more than 50 cents and they're sort of credit based cards and i've got most of them then i don't bother yeah yeah. (laughs) you know that's kind of what to do so so yeah i could afford
0: i could afford afford, ebay global shipping on an autograph card yeah you you take a thousand pounds and spend it it on ebay global shipping love it (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely It, it it would go in
2: some way wouldn't it really yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah, I think the autograph card is a is a noble choice but, for you. But
2: actually, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go to San Diego. I'd like to fly to San Diego, and I'd like to go to the brewery that has released the special Tony Green commemorative beer, uh, the point three nine four beer, and I'd like to buy myself a case of that, um, and see how much I could smuggle back through customs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at I don't know how, I don't
2: know how I store those, but they go in my
1: collection. Uh, yeah, uh, Ailsmith is the brewery that does that. That's and, the one. Yeah. And i have to a, Figure a, out how to get some myself. <laughs> yeah,
2: they have a. They actually have a little um, like exhibit in in the brewery. So that's so when I go on my pilgrimage next pilgrimage to San Diego, I'll. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's the the reason we're going to the brewery is to see the exhibit. Of course, um,
0: of but, course. Uh, yeah,
2: of course, yeah. But yeah, then yeah, it would be rude not to buy some of the beer, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what, I'm gonna ask Marty next time he's going home to get some beer. Then this is a dude. You gotta give
2: me beer. Yeah, that's yeah, a good there, idea there's a guy i know online um I, I know through an online community who um he used to live in san diego and he says it, it is really he kept saying oh it's really good beer you should try it and i'm like do you know where i live what are you it. doing to me you know because oh that's such a shame because it's a really nice beer it's like, i'm gonna kill you but i really
0: am <laughs> there you go you can take jason's thousand pound and buy yourself a beer Personally, I good. think you should talk to the people I'll at Tiny Rebels
1: and work a, a trade out. You know, you yeah, know. yeah, it's, yeah. You
2: know, yeah, it, I mean that, Tiny that's... Rebel. I mean that's that's I could I could go talk to them. There's a few others around here actually. We've got quite a few um, yeah. micro breweries now, and maybe uh, maybe one of them would like to do like a, a sort of maybe they'd like to send me as their representative to California.
0: Oh, that's a genius idea. Oh, um, there we go. Well there you go we are we are Russia's number one baseball card related webcast and podcast now so you're pitching to the right audience <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing when you see Russia pop up on your on your on your podcast statistics when you're checking them through the week it's quite interesting not only that we're the, we're the fourth overall all time in germany fourth all time in germany you. so whoever's was
1: in germany watching our show hey,
0: yeah, reach out and yeah. say hello i'm serious i <laughs> want yeah. to know who you are yeah guten tag <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not sellouts at all <laughs> yeah brilliant john it's been really great having you on thanks so much for for taking the time and uh and, and talking to us about your your travels and your collection and stuff it's been really great i've really enjoyed it um i've had lots of questions in as well i think we've got through the vast majority of them, um, I, I'm sure if, uh, if people didn't get their question answered, they know where you are. They'll reach out to you. Um, we've had your, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, we've if had I your, your blog play. up on the stream all night. Um, for those listening, oh, uh, it's uh, .394, uh, so that's P-O-I-N-T and then 394.blogspot.com. Uh, it'll be linked in the podcast description as well, so you can get it from there. Go check out John's blog uh, and read about his 5% of Tony Gwynn cards, <laughs> which will which will hopefully uh, continue to grow. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Jason, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, next week, I think it's just back to the two of us chuckleheads. Um, we'll be coming. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking nonsense next week for an hour. Uh, we'll probably have more on... Uh, uh tops go on public news and some more on their on their nft it'll be the night before the nft drops so uh that's that's probably our 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 conversation already laid out for next week uh so yeah once again thanks very much uh for for being with us john if you want to stay and hang out after uh don't feel the need to immediately disconnect we're just gonna get the the stream shut down but yeah thanks again everybody for for watching along sending the questions we'll be back like i say next monday night live at uh 9 p.m uk time Uh, and this episode will be available as a podcast from Wednesday at 9pm UK, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, you should be able to find us, Uh, and yeah, thanks very much everybody, take care, stay safe, Uh, if you're in England, I believe the pub's open in about an hour and a half, so behave yourself, Ah, in Scotland they're not open yet, behave yourself, we want our pubs open too, so don't ruin Mm. it for the rest of us no uh, bottling people stay no, away exactly, from bottling yeah. people <laughs> exactly yeah. can you imagine what the streets are going to be like at like 2 p.m tomorrow it's just going to oh, be, it's gonna be chaos oh my it's, god it's going to be like a bunch of like 18 and 25 year olds yeah drunk and uh, yeah down it's going to be like all of england is going to be like a, a a club 1830 ibiza trip from like the <laughs> 90s it's going to be grim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: it's so gonna be like that too it we're totally just watch oh live God. video of this yeah we'll, we'll just be laughing on facebook as we get put in the stage four lockdown <laughs> again. so yeah stay safe everybody enjoy your beer responsibly <laughs> oh, john thanks again uh, yeah take care we'll see you next week